0: not listening to National Public Radio and now with a special message from the Republican National Convention here is Donald Trump thank you thank you thank you oh we're gonna win we're gonna win so hard today marks the 24th episode of the Bramley Beach cast thank you thank you The Rambling Beach cast is back. They're going to be podcasting, Nick and Seth. They're going to be podcasting so hard. We're going to make America podcast again. Nick Napliotis is turning 37, 36. I, I don't know how old he is. I don't pay attention to the little people. He's at that point where I would probably trade him in for a much better looking host, half his age. I would just select one from the catalog. Trump Mail Order podcasthost.com my new business it is phenomenal maximum profit now Nick is like family to me I want to thank him because I am the family values candidate I I am I am the family values candidate all three of my wives all the 17 children I know of the ones that I don't I know exactly their value I know how much each of them is worth USA USA, USA. USA you I mean there's Donald, Donna, Darla, Marla, Marla Jr., she's beautiful. Little Trumples, Trumple Steel Skin, Ivanka Trump, you Vanka Trump, we all Ivanka Trump for Tronka Trunk. And also Badonka Donk Trunk. Where is she? Where's Badonk there there she is? Look at her. She's beautiful. She's drooling. That's hereditary. That's my baby. She proves I'm not a racist.
1: Have a really good topic that segues into something I want to talk about. The first thing is,
2: uh, for those of you who don't, are, are you recording? By the way, can I like, and I start? Welcome I start... to the Rambling Beachcast, episode twenty-four. Wait, you don't have to do the intro again. You're going to do no. The- it's you know, this is what we were talking about. When you talk about the show, you're actually disrupting the recording. <laughs> so, oh we? Are is this thing on? <laughs> Sorry,
1: okay <laughs> So anyway, um, I hope everyone's doing well this is, uh, this is actually episode 17
2: 17?
3: Yeah It's a lucky
2: number
1: how, how do you figure that? First of all, I don't like the fact David said 17's a lucky number Because I think that's the age of consent in Massachusetts <laughs>
2: and then, That that's the old Massachusetts turnpike <laughs> And then uh, the
1: big dig You know, Seth lived in, in Boston for a couple of years Oh like, god! Did he have
3: uh, a Boston accent, because he was um, low class. Oh yeah, no,
2: I had a I had a okay. southern accent, <laughs> and I got I I think the people were yelling at me because they had Boston accents, oh. but maybe they were just speaking normally. But I, I got chastised by a woman coming out of a supermarket. She was like. You could just reeked of old money. She had like this mink fur coat on and a mink fur hat on, and she was carrying her bags. And I was walking into the Swift supermarket wearing shorts and sandals because that's what I would wear year round, no matter how much snow's on the ground. Yeah. And she looked at me and goes, "It's a little cold for shorts, uh, pal." And I, go, this is not endearing. Just, just keep going. And I could feel my soul just kind of like withering away. Oh, it's one, one of the There,
3: it's one of the worst accents in the world. I think it
1: no, is here's obnoxious. Here's yeah. what's funny: is is Seth. So I don't think this is the first time David and I. And uh, those of you know, you know, you obviously know me and Seth. Because I mean, who doesn't know me and Seth? But David is uh, he writes for Adventures in Poor Taste. Uh, he's also the media coordinator and my not so secret man crush uh, yep. at Adventures in Poor Taste. And David and I have been internet friends now for a couple of years. We talk all the time. Over Facebook and over email, this is the first time ever David and I have had a voice to voice conversation. Like we, this is the first time I've ever heard his voice.
3: I promised myself I wouldn't get emotional, but this is really hard.
1: It's kind of weird because when I fantasize about you, you have a nasally Croatian
3: accent.
2: You're tearing up down there, aren't you?
3: Yeah, like I don't picture you as a huge nerd who, like you know, had the you know the, the the voice like this, you know. Yeah. I
1: don't know why. Anyway, this is David. Now, here's the first thing. So, the first thing David says to me, he's, yeah, I try to keep it lighthearted. And he goes, This is what my voice sounds like. I was like, Oh, I said, you know, I make a, some stupid joke. I said, I thought you'd sound like every character in the town or the departed or the departed. And David says, Oh, no. The only people in Boston who sound like that are the lower class people. It was like,
2: oh, my this. God. No, that, that, good. That, <laughs> like, that
3: is like,
1: <laughs> wow. Start things off with a bang.
3: The north part oh,
2: of Irish town, yeah.
3: I just, all I'm saying is, and I'm not trying to be racist or a bigot or anything or prejudiced. It's
2: that's just
3: what they that, all say. Yeah. yeah, I know, right? <laughs> that's but how the, every race state starts. Yeah, I'm not racist. <laughs> I, you don't hear that accent very often. And you really have to be in a shady part of Boston to hear it. Yeah. And that's
2: just the way it is these days. Unless you're watching a movie. We had a guy at, uh, at UK doing a master's degree in saxophone. Remember Chris? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, He, yeah. Yeah, he yeah, And we used to give him endless crap with our terrible southern accents about his northern accents. And he, and he would always he would say, I don't say my ahs, okay? I don't say my freaking ahs. He was yeah. also a shady, though.
1: Yeah, he was a little shady. Didn't he? Didn't he, like, have an affair
2: well, I think he dated Julie Butts for a while. Oh maybe really? that was after school.
3: Julie Butts. That's a that's a quite a name.
2: Yeah. She was a dancer.
3: <laughs> I'm sure she was. She really
2: was. <laughs> that's all you need to know. She was a dancer. She was like so, the uh, only dancer at UK. She was, like, the only one I ever knew that was a dance major. Like, how is there a dance major when you are the only one here? Are you faculty as well?
3: Maybe she was, like, specializing in, like, shower dancing.
2: I don't know. I, she she was legit. Like, she could dance.
1: Yeah, she was really good. She was no Aquafina,
2: but. Oh, good lord. Yeah, happy anniversary, by the way. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, oh, nice yeah. Work.
3: That just happened, didn't
2: it? We, uh, so, celebrating your glorious 25 years together. How long is it now? Seven years now. So,
1: uh, David,
3: David. Part
2: of
1: the reason we brought David on, aside from my massive man crush about him, is David writes, and I'm not just saying this because you're here. Because trust me, I'll make fun of David all day. But David writes some of my favorite reviews. Like if I didn't work for the site, I just would like reading David's reviews because I like the way his mind works on these things. And he he asked a question too last week that I thought was really good. He says, "What, are, which franchise? You know, are you more excited about you know having new movies come out, Aliens or Predator?" Now that question is going to lead into another one later that I think is actually much better, but let's stick with that one. We kind of got into it. Me and Seth gave our answers last week. David, what was your, like your reasoning? I think you said, which really surprised me. You said predator. Uh, why is that?
3: I'm going to go with predator mostly because of the director and writer that's behind it. His His name
1: is
3: Shane Black. If you don't know who he is, he, uh, he wrote Lethal Weapon, Lethal Weapon 2, The Last Boy Scout. Uh, that, the, recent, the most recent movie was The Nice Guys with Russell Crowe and uh, Gosling. He's really, really good at uh, writing solid dialogue that's clever and it makes you like love the characters and uh, that's funny too. So I imagine he can infuse that funniness and that cleverness into a Predator movie and then if you just slop gore and violence on top of that, you have something very special.
2: Well, if he yeah. brings in Mel Gibson like he did with *Leaf* for *Weapon*, <laughs> then maybe we've got a we've got a hit on our hands. Yeah, I mean, counts. He's, he's a cash cow these days. <laughs> he he made, Mel Gibson made like hundreds of millions of dollars off *Passion of the Christ*, and now he's going to make *Passion of the Christ* part two <laughs> and the final nail in the coffin, or something oh, like that. Whatever <laughs> they call it, the skeleton will be coming out probably.
1: I remember someone, I mean, this feels sacrilegious. You know, I'm a Christian, but someone said Passion of the Christ is the best zombie movie I've ever seen. I was like, wow, you're a bad person. Well, <laughs> but, I never thought But, it, it but I also laughed. Yeah. that makes me terrible.
2: terrible. Technically <laughs> accurate joke. That's very, very well crafted. You see, that's the thing is I like Predator, but I got to
1: be honest. The first Predator is really good, but you go back and watch it and it
2: kind of feels dated. Yeah. Well, yeah. Just, just about like about anything that Arnold Schwarzenegger is in feels dated. And Predator Two is garbage.
1: Alien versus Predator is garbage. Alien versus Predator Requiem is beyond garbage. And then I thought Seth and I disagreed. I thought Predators was was pretty good.
3: God, I don't even know if I saw that one. Predators. Huh. Yeah. Is
1: that the most recent
3: one. Yes. I don't think I saw that. No, no. Didn't say I'm waiting
2: I'm I'm waiting for the all female reboot of Predators. Since we're <laughs> gonna I'm get not a female uh, predator. What are you talking about? I'm sick of these male yeah. predators. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And, the- and
2: people hating it just because they're female predators. Misogynists. <laughs> but here's the thing, though. Alien, like the first Alien, is is still great, and the
1: second Alien still holds up thematically, acting wise, even effects wise. The second Alien movie. Right. holds up still yeah. I showed I showed the cl- clip of the fight between Ripley and which I, Seth I need to show you this at some point my my wife my wonderful beautiful wife who just celebrated. we celebrate our seventh anniversary by going out on jet skis and riding around uh riding around the. You, cel-
2: you celebrated <laughs> celebrated
1: <laughs> but anyway um she got me the alien queen from NECA like the big giant alien queen toy
2: and then awesome.
1: my mom got me my mom and dad got me the Power Loader. I told you that, and then I got a Ripley, so I'm going to have that scene. And I showed a clip of that scene to a, one of my favorite students, who's a sophomore in high school, and they looked at that scene. They're like, "Oh my gosh, this is awesome!" Now, think about it, that movie was made in '84.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's just I mean, it's something about those practical effects, just like how you look at like some of the stuff in Star Wars, like the Star Wars movies. As there's some of it that does not hold up very well, but there's a lot of it that still does hold up pretty well it's it's i think it's that practical side of the effects that can make that difference. it's not just the effects too like the
1: scene and i mean i mean sigourney weaver's acting and stuff i yeah. mean that movie still holds up in every way shape and form so i don't know i mean i like predators i like the concept i love the music i love the creature design i don't know i just think aliens is a better franchise
3: i mean it's a lot more robust sure but then look think about the last three or two or three movies that come came out of that series i mean Prometheus was kind of a mess. It wasn't really even about oh, it I Couldn't get it
1: through is. it. I, yeah, um, me I couldn't finish it.
3: Really, yeah. I mean, I think it visually was stunning, but that's all that was holding it together. I mean, the characters, the plot, everything was just calling, calling, kind of falling apart. And yeah. then Resurrection was just awful. I mean, even Sigourney Weaver has come out and said it was terrible. Oh,
1: yeah. That was a turd. <laughs> I
3: think it was awful. Yeah, Alien 3. I, I, David Fincher has come out and said, like, that wasn't my movie. They took it away from me. I mean, we've got so many bad Alien movies now. And Ridley Scott gets the next shot. We still can't see the, what's his name? Blum? Blowcam. What's that? Blowcam. What's Who's that?
1: Neil bloken He's the guy who's doing oh, the Oh, Blokian.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. We. I mean, I'm interested in that movie. <laughs> but That's not coming until, like, 2020, right? I mean.
1: Uh, no, they said, like, 17, I think. That or really? Not 16, 18, 18.
2: 18. 18th. Yeah, yeah right. that's yeah.
3: Because next year is is
1: Ridley Scott's next the, Prometheus. The next, yeah, the the Prometheus sequel. It's like, oh, come on, dude. Just we yeah. don't want to see it. Just I
2: just... think when I when I first saw Prometheus, I th- I was like confused because I I don't think I knew that it was supposed to be part of like the Alien franchise per se. Yeah. So I w- I went into this thing uh, and I just. I think afterwards I found that it was supposed to be about or somehow worked in with aliens, and I just...
1: Were uh, you confused, like Seth, when they were running from the giant wheel and they didn't try to veer off to the left or right?
2: Yeah. Well, <laughs> was it four, four hours in? Was it four <laughs> hours in or five hours in? I can't remember. I blacked but, out, so I don't remember. But, yeah, it was... <laughs> like, yeah, it, it To me, it rang... It rang like a, like a Star Wars movie without Jedi in it or something like, like it was missing an integral part of what the franchise is supposed to be about.
1: By the way, David, doesn't it make your, your just, your nether regions tingle the way Seth says integral?
2: <laughs> in- <laughs> That's one of those misspoken, mispronunciated words in integral, <laughs> integral, integral, yeah. integral, integral.
1: So now here's the thing. David had a really good, really good thing after this. Like he said, we were talking about this before you, you got back. By the way, how did your concert go?
2: Oh, it was really good. I got to see uh, my old mentor from uh, Phoenix, from Phoenix College. I got a poster here. The uh, I don't know if you know who Tom Bones Malone is. Uh, I think he sells crack. Uh, on King and Calhoun Street in Charleston, he did. He did while at the concert to a bunch of teenagers. But <laughs> um, he used to play in the Saturday Night Live band, and uh-huh. he was like one of the originals I mean, in is. in the Blues Brothers. Okay, the, cool. uh, with Dan Aykroyd and Belushi and everything. So he uh, was in town doing a concert with uh, the Collin College uh, Jazz Camp, and one of my uh, mentors plays in their big band. So I went and heard. In play, got my picture with him. I don't know Seth, if you've watched Stranger
1: Things. Have you watched that yet? Uh, it's on my list. I, oh, you need to you need to, to, to bump get everything to. else off it. I mean, it's been less than a thing.
3: week so you have some time. I mean, you can't.
1: <laughs> It is it is literally and I wrote a review for Adventures in Bortax. It is literally the best TV show I've ever watched. Wow. Yeah, and I mean, now here's wow. the thing. David has I mean, it takes place in early 80s, 1983, and it's very period specific and appropriate. David asked "Is where do you think this hunger for nostalgia is coming from? Because we've always had it, you know, and there's always been people that kind of look back with, you know, rose tinted glasses on, you know, the good old days when they were growing up. But what about now? I mean, because media is, I mean, I mean, the people, the way people are reacting to Stranger Things is just unbelievable. And, you know, there's there's these old franchises being rebooted. And, I mean, there's the easy answers like, oh, well, it's Stranger Things was a completely unique, different experience that was also built on a foundation of nostalgia. My answer was that I think people miss the imagination from that time. Because, like, for instance, we were talking about our man-child caves. Like, like David collects action figures, too. He has, like, a spider shrine like I do. And, you know, back when I was a kid and you wanted to play with toys and stuff, you could do all types of things. I had like franchises crossing over that never could because of legal complications and all and Marvel and DC characters fighting. Now you have amazing video games and VR experiences and stuff, but you can't do that. A lot of the imagining is done for you. And I think people miss that They're, they know that now there's so much media that we can consume, which I love. Don't be wrong. I'm not, not I'm not saying oh it's better than that. We you know, if it was better when we didn't have it. But there's so much media that we could you know, consume that our imaginations have been kind of dulled
2: a little bit. I and there's guess. a convenience factor to it as well because everything is easier to produce now. That the level of investment on both ends, from the creators and the consumers is infinitely less i can spend a day binge watching daredevil season two and then i the next day i can binge watch the walking dead and then binge watch you know game of thrones and all of these like really well done shows and that's just tv you know, yeah. it's it's expanded to comic books it's expanded to uh, to movies to tv i mean now we're at the point we're getting Green Lantern 17 or whatever yeah, <laughs> next movie is, is up and everything's getting optioned uh, so it, it's sensory overload in a way but the, like the days of yeah, I've, I've been re- uh, reading some of the like old older uh, Jim Henson's Creature Shop and watching yeah. like that the Storyteller uh, TV series and you just think about the the amount of time and effort and the commitment to doing stuff like puppeteering and practical effects and the amount of work and everything I think there's a level of investment that is, I don't want to say from that it's missing because I know creators and consumers care about, uh, what, what they view and what they look at and what they produce. But I think that's part of it too. Well, you remember, I mean, we're all old enough here to
1: remember a time where when you wanted to see a TV show, you had to make sure your butt was in front of the TV at that time. Yeah. And now, I mean, if I miss, like, you know, if you miss a TV show, it's like, oh, I'll watch it later. You know, like back then it was like a real.
3: It was an event. You had to actually make the time to sit down and watch watch something.
1: Yeah. I yeah. remember it's... our college band director, Seth, he was saying, like, when th- the Thriller video came out, he had a party. He was at a party with a bunch of people to watch the Thriller video.
2: Yeah. That's amazing. Or like the, the last episode of Seinfeld. Yeah, I remember the, the people in my high school having like this huge watch party. I didn't watch Seinfeld at all, but I went to that party because, you know, a bunch of hot girls were going to the party. Boom. I saw
3: something about how, you know, when we were little, the, the number of scripted TV shows was something like twenty. And now we're up to like a hundred and sixty.
2: Good lord. Yeah, across what, like five networks or something.
3: Yeah. And I mean the the fact of the matter is because of the internet too, we all are sort of cued in on what's out there and what we're talking about. In order to have a conversation about TV, you have to devote hundreds of hours a month watching and binge-watching shows, which is taking away from our own creativity, right?
1: Yeah, well, and I don't think it's just that. Like, if you watch Stranger Things, after you get through that awesome opening in the lab, the first scene they go to is a bunch of kids playing Dungeons & Dragons. Now, I never played, but I'm obviously not going to, Knock anybody who did because I like plenty of dorky things. My but parents
2: forbade me from. I minded
1: too. My mom thought
2: it would lead me into. T- I had well. I had a book that a friend gave me, like one of the rule books or something, like character yeah. guides. And I was reading through it one afternoon. My my parents came in and took it away from me, saying they were concerned. Oh, like my soul or something.
3: Satan. My mom, oh, okay. my,
1: mom made my dad yeah.
3: all, When I was growing up, my father was very happy I wasn't into Harry Potter because he knew that would bring me to Satan. Now, do you mean not into
1: Harry Potter and he thought Harry Potter was a kid at school or like
3: <laughs> no, the books? Okay. Um, I, didn't actually, I didn't care. It wasn't like I couldn't read it, but yeah. yeah,
1: those kids are playing Dungeons and Dragons. That game is all based on your imagination. And I mean, now it's like, oh, forget fighting the Demogorgon and a bunch of trolls doing that. I'm sure there's a show somewhere where that's happening and I can watch it.
0: Yeah. Right. You know, I don't mean, so have to roll bad. dice.
1: Well, you know what I mean, and, and I'm sure and the people who make it they're doing a great job, probably unless it's on the Sci-Fi Network. And I mean, it's it's good, but like, still, like you know, back then it was, our offerings were limited, so we had to use our imagination to do a lot of other stuff. And I don't, I think that's where the nostalgia comes from, is people miss having that control. As much as we enjoy having all this cool stuff to watch, like I love Game of Thrones right now, and Dare, but. You know, you. I used to have a castle set with dragons and all that. And I had my own Game of Thrones. I don't think I was old enough to have the nudity going on yet, but you know, I still had the battles and the dragons and stuff. Now I can just turn on Game of Thrones, and watch it, and it's fantastic. But I'm well, not yeah, and instead
2: of thing. and instead of playing with action figures, people play video games. Yeah, it, there, there's a substitute for everything that we used to do. Well, our grandparents this- were kicking kicking cans and and playing with sticks. In, right. in the yard or whatever during the Great Depression.
3: Well, at this point, I think we're addicted to instant gratification. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I've played Dungeons & Dragons. I only played it once. But um, the dungeon master, he spent hours setting up this uh, this journey or whatever you call it, a trek or whatever. And that took time on his end. Then we had to fill out sheets for our characters and what our power levels were and whatnot. And we had to keep track of all this stuff. And it it, it took... It just took an hour to get into the journey to get it started, and then, you know, we we played for two or three hours, and I mean, do does do any of us have that kind of time to, to devote to one thing like that? I mean, we all have to watch our, watch our shows or do our jobs or write our reviews on yeah you know.
2: yeah. It's something that you would do once a month,
3: right? Or well, actually, I have friends that do it once a week, every Thursday, and they they show up together at six and they go until whenever they feel like it. Yeah. I don't now, know how-
1: David, did you fall into a life of sa- Satanism before or after the game was over?
3: <laughs> well, this was actually way past when I had already joined uh, Satan. Oh, okay, mm. okay. Yeah, yeah. This was just one of my communal like visits with him. Okay, may
2: he rule forever. Yes.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I actually right, had so- one of the gayest characters. I, my my one of my powers was to um, commune with a fox that would show up and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Foxy. It was probably the least satanic of all the characters you could pick uh, from that game. That's awesome.
1: All right, so we're gonna dive into some questions now. And getting onto this, this was great. This is this is a good lead into our first question. Matt Macy, who asked a, a kind of a mean spirited question, asked a much better one this week. He said, All right, if you could marry a fictional character, who would it be and why? David will let since you're the guest, we'll let you go first. A fictional character. And make sure Lisa's not in the room.
3: When you answer this question? Well, she's watching in the Americans, so. Okay. Uh, fictional character. God, can can someone else go? I have to think about this. I didn't, I wasn't prepared like you were.
1: I'm prepared. Do you want me to answer?
3: Yeah, yeah. You go ahead.
1: Marjorie freaking Tyrell from Game of Thrones. Uh, <laughs> yes, no question. Not just because Natalie Dormer is gorgeous. I get that. What I like about Marjorie Tyrell, and my wife has been binge watching Game of Thrones like a like like nonstop, so I've kind of fallen back in love with Marjorie. Is that Marjorie is just as cunning and scheming and smart as all those other evil people, but she also has a good heart and a good soul, hmm. and she's funny and she's she's resourceful and she's you know like yeah Marjorie Tyrell without question,
2: and just like most of the hot women in our lives gone way too soon. <sighs>
1: Yeah, seriously, man. She didn't deserve that thing. I love that scene, but she didn't deserve it. Okay. So, Seth, who would be your fictional
2: character? Well, your your pick is an excellent one. She would have been on my short list as well. Uh, I think of the character of Wonder Woman. And when I first got into comic books... This isn't going to turn into a story about the
1: first time you, you felt weird feelings down there, is it? I
2: felt my funny bone go <laughs> off. And <laughs> no... Um, One of my favorite characters is Red Sonja, because she kind of fits into that same vein as Wonder Woman. But uh, I'm a huge uh, Conan and Robert E. Howard fan. I I love reading fantasy uh, and science fiction. So uh, her character, there's something about uh, a woman kicking butt in a a chain metal bikini that is right up my alley.
1: Well, okay, you're back, David. You're on the um, spot.
2: I'm going to go with the cheat. I have two,
3: actually, now. Uh, no,
1: no, no, we're not Mormons here. you got to pick one. All right. Princess well, like,
3: Leia. You're going to tell me I'm cheating. I'm going to go with Mystique, because then she can look like anyone I want on that day. No, that's actually a fantastic answer. That is that a good, is good answer. Exact kind of answer. <laughs> I mean, she can even look like a freaking, um what are those, bronies. What are the bronies like there? She can look like one of those. You could make her look like me. You really My Little Pony. My Little Pony. One of those things.
1: That's a great answer, actually. I like that. That's good.
3: I have a second uh, answer.
1: Oh, oh. Well, I thought Mystique covered Okay, go ahead. That's true.
3: I would go with lilu from Fifth Element. Uh, really? Oh, well, I'm so sorry. No, but why? Uh, well, just uh, uh, what you were just saying about how, you know, you want a strong female character.
2: She could kick ass, man. Yeah, but she's crazy. What? No, she's just learning. Just have Mystique morph into her. Yeah, exactly.
1: Just and do you know. don't have
2: to worry about her being crazy. Tonight, <laughs> you look like the chick from Resident
1: Evil, only in the, but be the only good movie she was ever in.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, you know, yeah. Mystique
3: is probably pretty crazy, too, and she's constantly trying to kill people, so I don't know how, that, how well that will work out, actually.
1: Yeah, but Mystique has a better head on her shoulders.
3: She, that's true. She can, like, strategize.
2: Yeah. So. My my runner up would be Lauren Cohan, Maggie okay. on The Walking Dead. Mag, yeah, Maggie's good. Uh, I am Team Maggie. Me too. All
1: right. So next one, uh, let me pull this because this this question was sent to me over Snapchat. So I have to read it because it'll go away. Wow. After, <laughs> after this, where did where did the question like, go? It already went away. <laughs> I think it did.
3: It's like CIA stuff.
1: Okay. Here we go. If you could only eat your favorite food for the rest of your life or never eat it again, what would you choose? Good Lord. That's from Lauren Ruapoli.
0: She's the one who asked the face question last week. I would choose Donald Trump steaks. Donald Trump steaks are the best steaks and Trump water, also the best water. We're going to water so much. We're going to water so much. That's, that's tough. Because
1: if you eat your favorite food all the time, you'd get sick of it. And there's a lot of other foods I like. So I think I'd have to go with I could never eat. What is my favorite food? Well,
3: no, there's, there's a cheat on this one, too. I already have an answer. Okay, go for it. You go with, like, salad. Because you can turn anything into a salad. I mean, you can have a taco
2: uh, salad.
1: That's a lame answer. No, you got to no. do better
2: that. You have a dessert salad. Or a 9,000-calorie salad. <laughs> Bacon is, it is healthy. Of course it is. That's a salad, isn't it? <laughs> I think
1: I – think, I would have to give up shrimp. I would have to give up shrimp and just deal with the fact there's lots of other food out there I like.
2: Oh, that would
3: be an easy give up. I mean there's I mean crab practically tastes like shrimp.
1: No, it does. Yeah. I live in don't say that to someone who lives in Charleston.
3: <laughs> well Crock it's it's a it's somewhat like similar shrimp. texture.
1: Not the same in,
3: With science we can easily make anything taste like shrimp these days. I guess. Seth, what about you? What would you do?
2: Well, I would select something that is one of my favorite foods, but basically, you only eat once a year, and that would probably be like Thanksgiving turkey, or maybe maybe stuffing or dressing. Like but I you don't love, like those are your favorite. Come on, now. Uh, no, I, Laura, I'm serious. I I will love was me specific. some. She said your favorite food. A good good plate of Thanksgiving dressing could be my favorite food. I it's like either right. that. Okay, I mean, if you want to go bacon. Oh, bacon be may dead. be Chicken. my
1: favorite food. Yeah. I don't know if I yeah, I guess I'd have to give up bacon. Because I know I'd get sick of it after if it was the only thing I could eat.
3: Bacon, you get sick of bacon in one sitting, even. Yeah, after yeah. like 17 strips of bacon,
2: you get a little queasy.
1: I've gone <laughs> through twenty strips of bacon and was still hungry. But I think after at least a week I'd eventually say no. Can't do it
2: was that when you peeled it off of Joe? Just peeled a slab yeah. off of Joe? And...
1: Oh yeah, Joe, Joe David is 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 our friend who we constantly just verbally abuse. When he's on the show.
2: So Does we have a- exists for our pleasure. Yeah.
1: All right. So next question here, this one is from, and this is a good one. Seth, I don't know how much you're into Lovecraft stuff. This is from a friend of mine. Uh, she asked a question last week. that was good. She won most twisted question. This is from Allie and Allie Herrera asks, uh, and she's actually related to HP Lovecraft. She said, which Lovecraft story do you think would make the best animated series or movie? David,
3: I'll let you go first on that. The one. best Lovecraft story to be an animated series or movie? Yes. I can't think of any specific story off the top of my head right now. See,
1: I'm i thought I'm my not answer familiar
2: was, with Lovecraft enough.
3: My my
1: answer I felt like was too easy uh, because they were going to do this for a while. Um, Gilmore Del Toro so the, at the Mountains of Madness. So that's uh, the first thing I thought of. Because that story, I mean, the, the narrator spends the entire time talking about how scared he is of ge- geometry. Uh, but, you know, there's all these parts where he talks about the history of the world and all the hieroglyphics and then the shagoth and the giant penguins and the, you know, the elder things and all. There's so many cool moments in that story. But even though it's not my favorite story he wrote by far, the ideas in it and the visuals in it could really make for something that was awesome. So I think that would be that would be a really cool thing. I think... I also think if you did
3: um I don't know if rean yeah, Reanimator I was thinking of the dreams in the witch house as a as a TV show or maybe an animated show.
1: Yeah, that could work, maybe.
3: I mean all those crazy dreams and going in and out of the dream world. Yeah. It's, it's I think it's set in Arkham or the house is called Arkham or something like that. Is
2: yeah. that Batman? <laughs> I think,
3: you got I think, Batman. Uh, bring Batman in. Think-
1: reanimator could work as a tv series like a procedural kind of with them doing all the experiments and trying to reanimate these corpses like i think that could be you know herbert west running around not fresh enough and like you know ejecting these things coming back to life. i think that'd be cool
3: the thing about his work is that a lot of it would have to be period yeah unless it was adapted to like you know be in modern
2: times that means it would be broadcast on pbs (laughs) right after uh Abbey Masterpiece Theater and Downton Abbey.
3: Uh,
2: yeah. They need that at the,
1: Actually, at the Mountains of Madness, no, it wouldn't need to be period. You could totally do that now.
3: Right, because they're like in Alaska or whatever.
1: Antarctica. Scott. It's it's no, it's not close enough, Sarah Palin. It's <laughs> Sarah Palin. I, don't <laughs> I can I see think Putin that. from Antarctica. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Uh, this was last week's best question. I don't know if she's going to win it this time, but I have an interesting little side fact to go with here. If you could choose the color of the sky, this is from Mary, the, the incomparable, the beautiful Mary Ketchum. If you could choose the sky to be any color, what would it be and why?
3: Jesus, that's scary.
1: Now, I'll let you know, here's the fun fact. Do you know there was a time, and I read some articles on this where the color blue to our senses didn't exist.
3: Yeah, I've read that.
1: Yeah, and so sky being blue is kind of a construct of, like, our minds. And this one guy, actually, he did, like, an experiment with his kid. Like, he never explained to them what blue was and never had anything blue that they saw. And when he asked the daughter, like, what color the sky was, she she didn't describe it as blue. Like, you know, it was kind of just clear is what she said. So, I mean, the color blue is kind of a construct of our mind, which is weird because it's my favorite color.
3: Um, described as a shade of white or something like that. Um, yeah. I had to, I actually had to use this study at my uh, job uh, a few months ago, actually. Really? Yeah. But my color would be purple. Are you a big Prince fan? Too? No, I just love purple. It's the king's color. And uh, as we all know.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep.
3: And uh, I think you can have some very pretty shades. I mean, think about the best sunsets.
2: Yeah. Yep. That's... Like purple in there. Yeah, I'm, I'm along the same lines because like, I... I... coming from Arizona here where we have pink and purple sunsets basically every day because of the amount of dust in the air there's nothing like a uh a pink sunset in Arizona like if you go up to Sedona or Flagstaff or even in Phoenix it's there's so much light pollution in Phoenix you have to get up north into the mountains where you can see all the stars along with the the sunset so I, I would go with pink or getting into that shade of purple.
1: See, I'm going to have to go with the boring answer here. Blue's my favorite color. I want it to be blue. I'd make the whole world oh, blue. Oh my God. Mary didn't say that I could not <laughs> choose the initial color. Mary gave us the option. I'm going to blue. Oh, God. I'm so bored right now. Deal with it. <laughs> man, that's what that's what your mom said. Wait, actually, that insulted me. Never Which, mind. Wait, the bored <laughs> part? Or? The bored part, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that insults me. Man. That's funny. All right, so... That was Mary's question. You know, I asked Russ, and Russ did not respond. I'm very disappointed. Russ, Russ
3: Whiting? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, well, you know, I'm not surprised. He's a, he's a very busy man.
1: This person had uh, the first question she asked is a joke. This is Alexis Seminota. She's another band director. I mean, she's a big comic. Oh, she writes for Adventures in Bortes, too. Yes, she writes like,
3: flash it. reviews. They're great. Yeah.
1: She said, why does my house keep flooding? And her house did flood recently. I said, it's, I said, it's because it's because God hates you, Alexis, but I'm just joking. I don't know how he feels, but she said, what if time travel was available? Like if time travel was something that people could do, like it was readily available, what would be the implications for the world today? I think it would be utter chaos.
3: Well, that's an interesting question. It's like, what type of time travel world are we in? What kind of, you know what I mean? Where there's split universes whenever you change something or is it? Is it such that you actually can't change anything because it's all you know? Set Here's what I, think. I
1: think the best way to answer this question is to go with it's a it's a split you like when you go back in time, I mean you can you create an alternate universe stuff, but when you come back it's still your universe. Like uh, nothing so, changed.
2: So it's like, so, like
3: you constantly ruining other people's lives.
1: No, no, but that's the thing. When you come back to your universe, they're fine. Like nothing you did mattered to your Universe.
3: Oh, so you can go into the future and mess everything up and go back and everything's right back to the way it was?
2: Uh, maybe. What do you think, Seth? Well, first, Alexis, you should go back in time and stop watching so many Chris Hemsworth movies so your house will stop flooding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, did you guys see that show on Amazon? Was it 11 21 Oh, God, that's, that's based off... I read okay. the book. Okay. I haven't seen the show, but I read the book. Favorite book? Yeah, it's it's uh you know James Franco and I forget the the lead actress's name, Uh, but it's about time travel and preventing the Kennedy assassination and you know not to spoil too much the the after effects of after the assassination of going back to your present day time and your particular timeline being altered or whether it wouldn't be altered. Uh, at all. And the idea of people getting stuck, like stuck in a time loop, that is interesting to me. Uh, people who like go go back and come back and go back and come back and they can't stop the loop. I, don't, I, I wonder if we'll ever get to that point where we have the science to do that. I don't think we will. Ever. There's this
3: theory I recently was uh, reading about where robots actually discovered time travel before we do. And we're actually all slaves currently. And they're I think keeping... that movie is called The Matrix. <laughs> no, no, no. But no, we're 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 not actually in the Matrix. But we're like all of our actions are being controlled by robots because they would always they they would logically come up with the science to actually have time travel before we would.
2: Yeah, you see, yeah. that's
1: the thing is, I feel like if time travel existed, we would already be. So, so it's like
2: Battlestar Galactica. R- right, right. Actually, Nick Stephen it's Hawking like, like...
3: said something like that. He has, he has come out and said, if we had time travel, we would have seen time travelers by now.
2: Yeah. If we had the time travel, we would have reached the
3: stars by now.
2: You are a terrible person, Seth.
1: You
0: That's should do love me.
3: Stephen Hawking, Trump as Stephen Hawking.
0: I am so excited to <laughs> see everyone. Look
2: at my African-American over here. You are hitting the impossible
1: way to be offensive.
2: <laughs> it's not me saying it. I'm just quoting <laughs> Trump here. Oh
1: my god, that's great. Oh, I
2: think he is a great uh, Stephen Hawking. Is Steve Coogan? Oh yeah. If you, you ever he, he great has Stephen
1: a Stephen Hawking the speaking
2: Spell that I owned when I was like five. That she made love to every every night in sixth grade. Yeah, about the show. <laughs> Steve Coogan has a great show uh, with Rob Brydon. Another guy does impressions called The Trip. Oh, there's yeah. There's like two that's... seasons of it. It's so good when they, they're they just sitting at a, a dinner table and they start going back and forth, both doing the same Bond, like James Bond, uh, going through each of them and then doing Stephen Hawking and all that stuff. That's so good.
3: Yeah, I've seen the uh, movie version. Like They cut it yeah. down to two hours, I
2: think. Yeah, there's two. they did two seasons of it. Uh, Or series, as they call it in uh, England. Maybe they call it seasons now after Brexit. I don't know. (laughs) These are the questions Americans wonder about Brexit. (laughs) uninformed opinions. Is y'all TV going to be the same? Am I going to have to deal with series and seasons again? (laughs) Thank you for the time travel question. That was wonderful.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's that's That's
3: sarcasm isn't it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I, you know, i was say this If I could go back in time Like, I think it'd be cool to kind of go back and watch stuff Observe, observe only Yeah, you know, like I mean, just to, if you can't change it At least you could go back and see
3: stuff and And I mean I don't know, it'd be kind of cool speaking to... about the coitus your mother and father had uh, to conceive you? That'd be weird. I would not want... Like... <laughs> well, you just said you, you couldn't change things, and I thought maybe you would...
1: You know what I would want to do, Seth? I would go back to, like, when we were in college dealing with Dale and just watch some of the stuff that happened then. We had a trombone professor who was insane. I would go back and, and do that. Just
3: to... to say, yeah, if you saw it in a different light, maybe you would actually have a different impression
2: of it all. No. No. <laughs> what would you want? What would you want to observe? Though, would you want to observe how he acted by himself? Dale bit into a peach, and gave a peach juice facial. Like, would you want yes. to see that, or would you want to see <laughs> see him uh, chastise uh, other David, people in their lessons? Is, just there? to let
1: you know, and I'll fill you in sometime. We actually used to on this podcast tell a lot of Dale stories. Let you know how crazy things got. Like, example for me, he once during a lesson asked me to look up old girlfriends of his
3: on the internet. For him? Yes. That's interesting. Why didn't he just do it himself?
2: Because he had no idea what the Google box was at this point. Uh, this was, yeah. what, 2002 or something? Oh, that's interesting.
3: Yeah. What did you discover? <laughs> Anything good?
1: Yeah. Oh, oh, actually, yeah. I did find one. She lives in <laughs> Israel now. Apparently, he made a real impression.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so she <laughs> like the country. She wants wow. to. She wants to. She'd rather brave millennia of intertribal conflict than be in the same uh, nation as Dale. Yeah, uh, that's rough.
1: So, what about you, David? What would you do if you could go back in time?
3: Uh, I would first go and check out if Jesus actually rose from the dead, and then I would videotape that and I'd bring it back, and then I would <laughs> probably
2: everyone would call me a liar. You get uh, a book deal. You get a movie deal. Get a.
3: Yeah, yeah. This is what really happened. He tripped. He fell down. Then they 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 buried him. That was it. Are those police sirens in in Boston right now? We hear that is
1: those are police sirens. Yes. So you're that's coming from the lower class part, right? Not your not
3: your area. I do live in a very actually I live in a very dangerous area. A kid got uh, shot in the
2: drive by, uh, not uh,
3: hundred hundred yards from my house. Good
2: lord! That's what you get for not saying your Rs properly. <laughs> I think actually they
3: were trying to shoot up the barbershop, and uh, the kid was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, but maybe I would use time travel to stop that from happening. He didn't die. so well, no, You can't, remember? You can't. Oh, that's true. I would want to observe the dinosaurs. I think that would be really cool. I can't believe I didn't even think
1: about
2: that. That would be pretty cool. You would need a really good
3: mode of transportation and a lot of protection,
2: though, I think. Is this like, are we observing in spirit, or are we observing in physical form? Because if you went to go back to see the dinosaurs, you probably wouldn't be able to breathe the atmosphere.
1: Oh, that's true. You know, one of my things suffocate. Yeah, one of my things
2: that I would like to go back in time, and then you just automatically die right on the spot, (laughs) just
3: like. (laughs) Well, that's the other thing. Like, if you go back in time, right, the Earth was not in the same space. It was actually like very far away from where we are, where where we are now, right. Yeah. yeah. So if you went back in time you'd actually be in just outer space cuz like the earth would have moved. So you'd have to it have to you'd have to move in time and space in order to have it work. And
1: I think we were taking all the fun out of this question.
3: I think <laughs> we, do, we made this
1: question like the most... So quick. I would go
3: back and I would peep on Lucille Ball uh, when she was in the shower. I want to see... If,
2: you
1: are a terrible human being.
2: I'd want to. i get some Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn guys, Monroe action. I want to see right? her like sneaking into the White House. You know what? I bet David has already done this. <laughs> get a little so bit that's of that's both Kennedy. That's why Marilyn
1: Monroe's life is shorter. She saw all David I'm looking wondering at if the is shower.
3: the carpets match the sheets.
2: Wait, that's not what saying.
1: Drapes. Oh, God. You can't even be perverted.
2: <laughs> but like, I want to uh, see if the wood vinyl matches the primer on the walls. <laughs> Do the
3: rubber soles of the shoe match the laces?
1: <laughs> that's actually, I like that one better. I actually, you know, I don't know. I think the one thing that really, one of the things that I would go back in time to, to see or experience is coming back. Crystal Pepsi is coming back this year. So oh, that was one of my main reasons for wishing time travel existed.
3: Just a soda favorite. drink? That's ridiculous.
1: Oh, have you had Crystal Pepsi before?
3: No, is it good?
1: It's delicious.
3: What's it taste like?
1: Uh, Pepsi. Pepsi <laughs> except it's clear. It, you drink it thinking you should be drinking one thing
2: and it tastes like another. You, you think you're drinking water, so it's like healthy Pepsi. <laughs> it's 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 pretty impressive is it sweeter uh it's basically the same formula i think it was basically the same formula it just didn't have the caramel coloring in it uh, and you know americans we go we go ape over whatever you know change some random mundane detail and all of a sudden the world has ended
3: meanwhile the bottle is actually changing the color
2: i mean do you actually look at it when when you pour it down your gullet not really I remember it coming in cans. I I don't remember whether it came in bottles or not.
1: That ruins the experience. You have to drink it out of
2: the glass. Yeah. Yeah, that was the commercial. They would, like, pour it from the can into the glass in a very, like, provocative In the low-class
3: areas of Boston, we don't use glasses.
2: we
3: (laughs) (laughs) We down in bullets, so, you know. You don't have
2: have air conditioning either. No.
3: Well, I don't know. Do you count, um, you know, someone fanning you? You get Lisa to do that? No, the cat. But oh, that's okay. another. Well, I'll explain that another time.
1: <laughs> well, thank you, David, for joining us. Oh, uh, my do God. Do you have anything Questions. you'd like to say? Oh, wait, wait. Lisa had a question. We didn't ask it yet.
3: Oh, David's my God. David's
1: girlfriend had a question. I'm sorry. Well, you, So rude. I'm sorry. We, I almost forgot. Yeah. I'm okay,
3: a guest. I'm to ask the question my girlfriend asked. This is awful. She's staying up all night just to hear this.
1: Well, it's because I know you cheat on her with me, and it's like – so I don't think of her. Well, yeah, that's internet cheating. That's different. Did she ask the John Hughes question? She did. Okay. That's the one I like. We'll save another one. But which is your favorite John Hughes movie and why? I've got to say Breakfast Club. I think that's an easy answer because yeah. not only is is it a great movie. I mean it's not really, – you, know, you can watch Pretty in Pink ironically. But you know Breakfast Club was really good. I love – the end quote, which I feel bad because I can't quote it when he's like talking about how we put people in boxes and stuff and how there's more to us than what our outward, ex- you know, experience, you know, like our outward projection is. And I mean, it's funny. It's good. I think that's by far the best.
3: I don't know if it's the easiest question to answer because there's a lot of good movies. Here. I mean, he did Planes, Trains and Automobiles, which is one of my favorites. But Ferris Bueller's Day Off would be mine.
1: Well, it's good, but it's like, Sometimes you look at it and it's like it's just Ferris acting like a douchebag
2: all day. Yeah. And then there's National Lampoon's Vacation. You know, that's the, my my favorite of all those is the Christmas Vacation movie. So. too. Yeah, that I'd really probably cool. go with go with that one. I watch that every year at Christmas so That's classic. When Randy Quaid when Randy Quaid is wearing that dick that dicky with like that skin tight shirt over it, and he comes in. There's that wooden wooden like windmill statue in the living room, and he's drinking that eggnog. He looks at the thing and just smacks the hell out of it and breaks it, yeah, <laughs> and so then just walks off. It's just so I would go with that. Now I have a I have a story that happened to me today. Actually, uh, it it kind of involves some politics in the in the eternal saga that is my conservative parents' Seth's family my, is
1: very right wing.
2: To to give you the, the background, like my my parents are really conservative, and they basically watch however many hours of Fox News each day. Uh, and I know like my dad, he listens to like talk radio all the time because he asked me to buy a Mark Levin book for him for Christmas this past year. So that's that's kind of how they how they skew. But so I I tend to want to get a variety of information from a variety of sources to try and remain somewhere in the center or somewhat as ob- objective as I can. And so I was watching an interview of Hillary Clinton on Charlie Rose. That's just one of the shows I like, I check in with every day to see like who he has on. Cause he has all sorts of different guests. So he's give, doing this interview with Hillary Clinton. I'm watching in the living room and in comes my pop and immediately the reaction is ugh. I can't believe you're listening to her. Yeah. Just all, and I'm, I'm sitting there going, well, at least she can string together a coherent, intelligent sentence. Uh-oh. Yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> and uh, then she's, well, that's because she's a lawyer. I was like, what, you'd rather I listen to Trump? Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's crooked. Anyone who would put our national security at risk. And it's like immediately the talking points from Fox News are coming through. Right. I said, I was like, look, she's giving an interview on substantive policy issues, like with one of the most respected journalists on te- television today. And then she st- she went like one step further and, and she's never done this before. But she said, I'm going to disown you if you vote for her. That's all there is to it. Oh, I said, you've been watching too much Fox News, mom. You, you've you've probably never watched an interview with Hillary that wasn't filtered through a Fox News lens, telling you what to think. Right. She said, "Well, I have my own opinions." The the FBI director was all over the other news networks, and I tell you, so you're a Fox News parrot. Uh, that's that's my term for him, a Fox News parrot. So you watch six hours of Fox News each day and nothing else. And then as soon as like my dad would get home, she's like talking to him about it. And then she's like, "Your family, your family's going to disown you if you're not careful." No, no one in the Vot family is a Democrat. And I said, "I think you'd be surprised." But I, this is this is. I love my mom. This is a woman who freaked out when I told her I sometimes listened to Al Jazeera as a news source oh boy. because she thought it must be some kind of like terrorist Muslim group just based off of the name. Right. But that's that's what I got to to deal with today, and I just. It got me thinking about the whole process and the way I try to approach getting my information is not about like Republicans or Democrats. It's about like the the natural course of ideologies becoming more open and accepting as people basically get old and die. You know, the uh, America has always been its best when we've opened our arms wider to embrace people rather than you know, shutting off and isolating ourselves, it's it's kind of contrary to our notion of our our, our tribalist desire to other otherize people. You know, and I, I started thinking about th- this is one of the dangers of for-profit journalism. You know, basically what my what my brother has turned into is like brainwash people who only listen to others or who who believe as they do, uh, reinforcing your beliefs in a bubble. You know, regardless of whether they're right or wrong, you can basically find any narrative you want to uh, any side of any issue and basically go unchallenged. Well, and that's and basically what it's around. Ra- you know, it's what's like funny what,
1: what you're saying there, like someone asked me, Seth, one of the guys we used to write with John Trent is is a huge Trump supporter. And uh, he would come on my wall and just say, like, just like just stupid stuff. And one of my friends, this was during when, when Trump posted that really anti-Semitic, you know, picture. And one of my friends who was Jewish was talking to me. about it. He goes, it wasn't uh, anti-Semitic. And my friend who was Jewish was trying to explain why it was. And John was just calling him an idiot. My friend Ryan, he comes back and he goes, why do you let him post on your wall? Why don't you just block him or mute him? Yeah. Yeah. And I said, because I was like, I have had family members even and conservative friends of mine. They won't speak to me or like, I'll post something on their wall to like disprove what they said. And they'll just delete the whole post. I'm like, and that angers me. I said, and even though I think John's being an idiot, I said, I used to be really far right. The reason I stopped being far right is because I started reading more and I started listening. I yeah. said, you know, I know it's, it's a long shot, but you know, that's the way it's going to happen with people. And I said, and I don't want to live in an echo chamber. I don't want to make it so that anybody whose penny, I disagree with, you know, even if it's a little bit rude, you know, you want to try yeah. to, don't
2: ever want to put yourself in an echo chamber. I will make myself watch Fox news sometimes, or I will make myself listen to talk radio. Sometimes when I was in college, I used to listen to like Sean Hannity on the radio, or uh, you know, Michael Savage, or Russell. whatever. And, uh, not so much Rush, but every once in a while. But... I used to listen
3: to him sometimes just to hear the insanity that he would sp- so, Ladies and gentlemen,
2: it's good to be back. you on the EIB Network. I remember that, that much, <laughs> from Rush Limbaugh. But...
3: But, have you guys heard about how Roger Ailes would start the sh- the first show in the morning on fox news would start a story it was his idea and by the time we got to 4 p.m that story that he started is news and they're now yeah, reporting yeah. on what they said in the beginning
2: yeah the 24-hour news cycle yeah it's it, a yeah.
3: bubble within a bubble like that's frightening
2: yeah well you think about it like this is And and this isn't just Fox News. This is some of the other cable news networks as well. Basically, any of these 24-hour for-profit journalism or news websites, every eight minutes, it's Dong. Oh, this is a Fox News alert. ISIS is in your backyard, possibly in your bedroom or house already. What will you do when Obama takes your guns? Joining us on our panel are some people who agree with the narrative we want you to believe. Show the Second Amendment, you know. Then it's like <laughs> the audience gets riled up, and we, get you know, they they get that little kind of half erection where it's just like, yeah, yeah, this is what I want. And then, yeah, you know, and all of a sudden they're spinning. Facts—they're spinning the truth uh, just to get ratings, right. yeah. And you know, profit ratings are based on profit for them, you know, and and vice versa. But yeah, you know, what's best for ratings is not always best for disseminating the truth. Like the truth is not always profitable. Ratings come easier when you antagonize the audience, you make them fearful, you whip them up into a frenzy. Uh, and when you're emotional, you're more susceptible to opinions and political spin uh, masquerading as facts, but facts are not – they're not subject to the free market of like majority preference or opinion. It's not like Coke making more money over other soft drinks because it tastes better. Yeah, It's just because a majority of people believe something doesn't make it true, but – uh, just, I, I took away from it that it's. It's. I think it's safe to say that if you only get your information from one for-profit source, you're probably wrong. And to just you, you got to seek out. You got to seek things out. You totally.
3: I, uh, I I read a lot of the Economist, and um, I used to think that they were very impartial just because they were ri- written by mostly Brits, right? Mm-hmm.
2: But
3: when Mitt Romney was running, um, I started noticing that they were really pushing him. And supporting all of his ideas and his his candidacy was like the only option. And I started to think, like, wow, I, I was I was I was under the impression these people weren't spinning, especially weren't spinning American news, but they were. And yeah, it, it happens everywhere.
2: Yeah, you can almost say there's some kind of narrative beneath, just beneath the surface, or some kind of political spin or or, or spin some other way uh, to get the reader to be more sympathetic to their to the writer's viewpoint or the parent company's viewpoint and there's so many people in the world that fox news brags that they're like the number one cable news company and that's because well nobody watches cable news but your demographic which is old old white people over the age of what 60 (laughs) Right. And so they can, but there's because there's so many people in the world. They have an audience of eight million people, or something like that. So, uh, there the the old adage, you know, the old capitalistic model of well, if you don't like it, then don't buy it. Then somehow that will make it go away, isn't true anymore. You know, it it, it the, there's no way that that would happen. So, but that's what I got to deal with today. So I'm convinced if conservatives didn't have Fox News, they would just have to like masturbate to porn like the rest of America. <laughs> just... unfortunately, porn
3: is the devil, so I don't know what you're talking you
1: about. Know, someone had a great a great quote. There's a on Gawker right now. There's a stripper in Cleveland who's blogging about her experience with the RNC being in town, wow. and uh, she said like it really hasn't been that busy. She's actually a little bit disappointed. And someone said, "Oh, that's just because all the male prostitutes are
2: taking the business." <laughs>
0: Oh <laughs> yeah, Zinger! <laughs>
1: wow. Okay, I think on that note.
2: Guess we know where Aquafina went now.
3: Yeah.
1: All right. So, uh, so David, did you enjoy? Did you enjoy being on the rambling beach
3: cast? It was certainly rambling. It was all it was chalked up to be. That's a non-answer. This is a yes or
1: no. <laughs> you enjoy it or not? Yeah, it was it's good. good.
3: Okay. B- basically, like hanging out with you guys.
1: That's how we try to do it. We answer dumb questions. Although
3: stuff. I still, I'm actually a little peeved. I didn't get to really say what I had to say about aliens and predators, but that's cool. Oh,
1: what did you, okay, Seth can do oh, oh, I'm sorry, I hear the
3: music, I hear the music. We're getting- No, you don't hear the music. <laughs>
1: What did
3: you wanted to say? Oh, uh, I don't know. It's it's, it's it's long past. I had another thing to say, but it's okay. It's supposed have been important. I can't
2: remember it. I we think, can always have part that. three of our discussion of Alien versus Predator. That idea Continue that on.
3: if you can't remember what you were going to say, it wasn't important. That is such baloney. Our memories are so faulty. And our, our, especially now that we're all like ADD, there's no way you can remember everything you have to say, especially when it involves Predators.
2: You know, maybe if your faith in the devil were stronger, then <laughs> you would remember more I of your drink my uh, my
3: elixir and my potion this morning, so that's uh,
2: yes. I, that was, I was, that's what Lou Holtz was carrying around at the yeah. RNC. He had this Crown Royal Royale bag. And yeah. I was I, I wanted to pose the question to you guys, what what is Lou Holtz carrying in his crown royale bag at the RNC? Severed
0: heads.
3: <sighs>
2: It could be, like like a new head, a new head for his, uh, for his collection. Yeah. Who's for the guy who was carrying
3: around a water bottle of mustard? Do you
2: see that? A, a water bottle of mustard?
3: Yeah, uh, Stephen Colbert had a um, camera set on the um, ketchup and mustard station, and it was one of the Fox News anchors. He went over to the mustard and filled his water bottle with mustard, and then he looked around like he didn't want to get caught, and then he walked away. It's the weirdest
2: thing. That's bizarre. Maybe he was an aide for Chris Christie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sir, your mustard bottle is here.
3: <laughs> uh, oh, Brett Bayer. His name is Bayer. Bayer. He's a Fox News anchor. Yeah, yeah. He is the one. It's. I, I'll send you a link later.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to bed. And I'm gonna. Now that I have David's voice in my head. Now my fantasies are really going to take it up a notch.
3: What time do you have to get up for the kids?
1: I don't – I mean, it's summer, dude.
2: You don't have summer school?
1: Well, I'm taking a graduate class right now, but, I mean, so I have to be up for that. But. Wait a minute. Bu- you
2: got bus duty? Bus duty in the summer?
1: You don't actually have to do that much work right now, right? Oh, uh, I mean, I have my graduate classes on my last day,
3: though. No, I'm doing it. I think somebody needs to be writing 10, 12 reviews a week.
1: No, point. man. I'm writing, I'm I still am writing. I'm working on my stupid book that I can't get anyone to publish. And
3: Well, stop calling it stupid, and they won't either. There we That's go. solid logic.
1: Yeah, I, I can't turn out reviews like you, man. You turn about. out. David will do like 10 or like 15 reviews in a week.
3: I did 19 this week. God. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's over the you course need, of four days of writing. So,
2: you need to join Adventures in Slower Taste, Nick.
3: <laughs> get your
2: productivity up here.
3: <laughs> Maybe try some caffeine. That might help. Yeah,
2: yeah. sleep less, Nick. That's the prescription. If <laughs> that were possible. There's some mid some nights where I've pulled all nighters just because like couldn't go to sleep or.
3: Actually, let's not turn the podcast off yet. Let's go another hour. We're gonna write three reviews, Nick. Ready? Nope. Oh
1: not doing a live review <laughs>
3: <of> a podcast.
1: <laughs> you know what? You know what's one of the best things David does? I, I hate it when he does this, but I also love it. Like, David's really good at this. Like, one thing that when you're writing –
2: what did you just fart, by the way? No. Yeah, I just ripped some major, major, like, Chinese gas. Was that – I heard it just now. Yeah. Okay,
1: anyway, <laughs> um, David will, you know, send out tweets, you know, with poll quotes from our – from our reviews, and he normally does it for good reasons. But David has taken some of my reviews that were not so nice, but taken like the one positive thing I might have <laughs> said, and put it in there and tweeted out, tagging the creators. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So like, you know, they're like, oh, I must have five out of ten. What the heck?
3: So but then the publisher will retweet it, and I obviously they didn't read the review.
2: Right. Well, Seth, do you have anything to close out with? I think this was a a worthy episode in the annals of our collection of rambling beach cast episodes. It. Okay. It's, it's the 17th one. Yep. Lucky number.
3: That's yeah.
1: I, st- the-
2: I still don't understand what, what the, what the numbering has reverted to episode 24 slash 17. And
3: we did open this with math. So we should
2: probably close it with math.
1: Well, yeah. Cause we were talking about David's lucky number. Cause 17 was
2: the age of consent. In Massachusetts. Uh, yeah. It's that it's that college it's that college math. That that That's they're that common, common Core this. math.
1: It's that Common Core math they're trying to it's put on it's this. Common
3: Seth. Core. Seth, when you when you cut this, cut it right after we finish Aliens vs Predator, and then we'll start the next one with the rest of what I was going to say about Aliens vs Predator.
2: I hate you so much.
3: <laughs> never asking you back on this
2: again this week, and part seven of our discussion of Alien vs Predator. David <laughs> whines like a little baby about and then it. And finally don't. remembers the thought 17. that
3: it... he... <laughs> we'll talk about how it's not actually episode 20, because we're still on 17. It's just part mm-hmm. 17 of 17.
1: David likes it when it stays 17. Once it's 18, <laughs> he's not interested. Oh, man. Did you just send out an email? I just got an email from
3: David while we were doing the podcast. Were
1: you emailing I...
3: You know what? Staff? I that uh, Nick, you, you've been Facebooking. I, I was looking at Facebook, and you've been Facebooking while we're on here. No, so.
2: I haven't. Nick, Nick no does haven't. go a little. Nick, Nick we used you posted a something six minutes ago. When I we did. podcast, I have to go through and edit out all the clicks that Nick makes <laughs> for when he's like surfing the web. This <laughs> is why my job. This is I. I don't get paid nearly enough to edit this crap. And the bones you, know, I, you have to you have to edit out the
1: bones once
2: in a while yeah the 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 moans the expletives the the cries of lust and joy uh the random outbursts of joe from the dungeon uh, all that (laughs) stuff i have to to edit out but yeah uh, i'll hear you click 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 it's like it's like nick you have to be watching porn or something there's no way that many clicks is necessary to podcast
3: That's the sound of Nick masturbating.
2: You're gross. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Yeah, (laughs) hitting that clicker. (laughs) You guys are good night, everybody.
1: (laughs) All right, I'm I'm gonna go to bed now. You 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 can't escape my headspace, David. I got you there.
2: You want me to send you the raw audio? Yes, uh, complete raw and unedited after (laughs) dark.
3: Oh yeah. <laughs> it's going to be like taxi cab confessions.
1: Yeah. <laughs> only only much less sexy.
3: <laughs> this is the part where Nick was picking out with himself. Everyone
1: else, yeah.
2: okay. Speak for yourself. I make this look good on all the right, radio. Good night
1: guys, it was fun.
2: Bye. I'll Bye see you all. later. <laughs> I'm whispering, doing the best I can to get out of this crowd. It's time for leaving.
0: I hope you understand. One more podcast in the can.